Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. To all of our listeners in the United States, I welcome you. Good to have you. And to all of our listeners in other countries around the globe, just so honored and genuinely glad to have you join us. You could have been listening to anything else in the world, but here you are giving us your time, your valuable time at that. I want to welcome everyone to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you on WGPL 1350, WPECE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. And on your FM dial, you can tune in to WBXB 100.1. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this episode or any other episode in the Marriage and Family Clinic uh, family of broadcasts, you can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Or if you have that little purple uh, podcast player device on your smart device there, just click that and search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You will find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. We're all about marriages. We're all about family, and we're all about doing it God's way. We're all about doing it God's way. I think I ought to put that plug in because I don't want you to forget that this is a Christian-based show. Uh, we say a lot of things to you. I may not call out chapters, verses, scriptures, books, or anything like that of the Bible, but you better believe, you better believe we are inspired by the Bible and the things that we are telling you. These are the things that are going to help you get in God's will for your life. These are the things that are going to help you get in God's will for your marriage going to help you to deal with yourself, going to help you to get over yourself, going to help some of you to even not take yourself so seriously. Some of you, you take yourselves way too seriously. It's not about all of that. Life is for living. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. My goodness, I just can't imagine that the children would love flocking to Jesus as the scripture shows us that they did if he were this stuck-up character always looking like he was sucking on sour lemons and persimmons and never having time for people. Jesus knew that life was for living. And one of the purposes of marriage and family clinic is to help you live in your marriage, help you live in your family, not just exist, but to help you truly live. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to put that plug in there. We're here to help you. Listen, we spent a few weeks, we spent a few weeks talking about divorce, protecting against divorce, what causes divorce, the choice to divorce. We, we spent, I don't want to seem so down. 
And uh, this is an upbeat program. Uh, again, it is for living. It's not going to be drab and morbid. So I want to shift out of that subject. And, and it was a kind of downer for some folks, even though I did have some folks to let me know that it was right on time for them. It was right on time for them. Well, I want to make a shift here. <clears throat> I want to make a shift and I want to give you something else that I believe will be right on time for you. I want to talk today about shoring up your marriage. One of the key on marriages today, but I want to talk about shoring up. I want to talk about propping up your marriage. I want to talk about adding uh, uh, helps to your marriage that are going to strengthen your marriage. And this is some key stuff because if we're working on, if we're working on shoring up and propping up our marriages, so many marriages wouldn't fall. And you know, when I think about marriages falling, I'm thinking about that building that collapsed down in Miami, Florida, that condominium, that high-rise building. Uh, that building collapsed, and now we have a hundred people uh, uh, who are unaccounted for, several people dead. Uh, damages are going to be in the millions of dollars, and somebody is going to jail. Why? Because they did not heed the signs. And that's a lesson I want to give to you. The first lesson I want to give to you about shoring up your marriage, propping up your marriage and strengthening your marriage is that some signs you're going to have to pay attention to. Some signs you cannot afford to overlook. Some signs you cannot afford to say, ah, it'll work itself out. It'll be okay. It's not that bad. In that high-rise condominium building, there was structural damage, there were leaks, there were cracks, concrete was falling off, inspectors had given dire warnings, they were warned that the structural damage is risking this building, there were so many signs. But people in the right places did not heed the signs. They failed to heed the signs, figuring it wouldn't take such a heavy toll. I can't believe they thought that that building would actually fall the way that it did. I'm going to give them a little benefit of the doubt and just say that they thought it wouldn't fall. They thought it would make it. They thought it was still strong enough. But see, that's the problem with some of our marriages. And this is why so many of our marriages are crashing and burning. We see the signs all around us. We see the signs day in and day out, but we're looking past the signs saying to ourselves, it's not that bad. It's going to work itself out. We can deal with it. We're bigger than this. You'd better pay attention to the signs or else your marriage is going to come crumbling down, causing untold pain just as that building fell. Listen, I want to tell you something about your marriage also. When it does come to examining your marriage, gauging your marriage, don't make the mistake of judging your marriage by what you see in other people's marriage. Don't make that mistake. Don't make the mistake of comparing your marriage to marriage of other people around you. Even when you think that people around you, your friends, your loved ones, whomever, even when you think they have a good marriage, a wonderful marriage, a perfect marriage, a strong marriage, you may have these glowing recommendations and these, you may see these glowing observations in someone else's marriage, but don't make the great mistake 
of judging your marriage by their marriage. Every time I say this or something along these lines, I remember uh, 30-something years ago when my wife and I first arrived on the island of Okinawa, Japan, and we were in church. There were some young men who were already pastoring. They were already pastoring, speaking wisely, ministering the word of the Lord. They and their wives looked like they were so Oh, boy, did they look good in public. My God, did they look good in public. And then they were working in church together. They were ministering together. They were praying together, praising the Lord together. Shoot, they even spoke in tongues together. And I thought that was the height. 30 some years ago, I thought that was the height of marriage. My goodness, to be working in the Lord's church together. Hallelujah. Man, that set a bar high for me. And I began to want my marriage to be like theirs. I began to question myself, why wasn't my marriage like their marriage was? Only to find out that when those people left Japan, returned to the United States of America, almost as soon as they set foot in the United States of America, they were divorcing. They were getting a divorce. What in the world happened? And if they got a divorce that fast, that quickly after returning to the United States of America, that could only mean that they were having serious problems when they were here in Japan with us. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that all we saw, all that I saw was what they showed us in public. I was not behind closed doors with them. I do not know what went on in their homes. I do not know what their relationship was like when they were not in the public eye. And obviously, quite obviously, they were having some serious struggles. And so I'm saying to you, do not make the grave mistake of judging your marriage or comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage. Because everything that looks golden, you know, it's only gold layer. It's like that necklace that has a gold plate on it. And you wear it for a few months and it turns your neck green. It looked good under the lights. It looked good in the showcase. It looked good for those first couple of weeks. But when the oil of your body began to come off on it and wear off the gold plating and then the copper underneath or, or, or whatever the cheap metal was underneath the gold plating began to rub against your skin and left your neck green. You found out that it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. And so don't make the mistake of judging your marriage by someone else's marriage. All right. Listen, I want to give you I want to give you a few pointers here about shoring up your marriage. I want to give you a few pointers about uh, 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 making your marriage stronger. I'm going to deal with a few of these today, and we may get back to some of these next week. So much of this, so much of these good tips that we could share with you. I just want to do a couple of them tonight. I just want to do a couple of them. The, but the first thing I want to tell you, I want to tell you about three things that are critically important. Critically important to the marriage. Showing your marriage up. And this is, uh, you could call this three legs to the stool if you want. You have, have you ever sat on a stool with three legs? Take away any of those one leg. Uh, take away any one of those legs and the stool comes tumbling down, needs all three of those legs. And so I want to give you three pointers here that assure up your marriage like a three leg stool. Take away any one of these and uh, your marriage will fall apart. The first one is intimacy. 
The first one is intimacy. What is intimacy? We hear that word often. We, we long to be intimate with our spouses. If you're smart, you do. If you love your spouse, you do. We long to be intimate with our spouses. But what exactly is intimacy all about? Well, intimacy is about being close in the relationship, growing close in the relationship and growing in a level of closeness that allows you to deal with one another in a knowing way. I deal with you according to what I know because the closeness we have will not allow fear to enter into the marriage relationship. Wow. So, so intimacy is all about knowing each other on a level that is past fear. And intimacy is so much more than sex. A lot of times we talk about sex and we say they were intimate. They were intimate. Well, that's just one degree of intimacy. That's just one angle of intimacy. But sex is not the whole of intimacy. Believe you me, sex is not the whole of intimacy. And you got to understand this. You got to receive this because there very well may come a day when you're not able to have sex. Will you divorce? Will you bust up? Will your marriage no longer be rich because you cannot have sex? If your marriage is dependent upon sex, you're missing the role of marriage. You're missing the purpose of marriage. You're missing what it is to really love your spouse. If your marriage is built on sex. My God. So intimacy is much, much, much more than sex. Intimacy is knowing one another on this deep level where you don't hold back because of fear. Intimacy is really knowing. I think I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes preach once about intimacy. Intimacy, he said, you see into me. Intimacy, see into me. And that's why I say intimacy is about this knowing. This knowing. We deal with one another. We love one another. We handle one another without fear according to what we know. And we know each other deeply. Because we have loved, we have studied each other. We've been with each other. We've communicated our feelings, our thoughts. You got to have this intimacy. If you're going to strengthen your marriage, you got to build intimacy. Do the things that are going to build intimacy. All right, and after intimacy, you got to have commitment. You got to have commitment. And commitment is simply the mindset that says we're going to be here. This stick to it mindset. A stick to it mindset. And commitment is only needed. Commitment is like love. Love only works in unlovely situations. Commitment works only in unlovely situations. 
You don't need commitment if you're on a cruise around the Riviera. You don't need commitment uh, 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 if all the money is coming in and everything's working just right. You don't need commitment in those days and weeks and months and years when you're communicating well and you're building intimacy and there's a lot of joy. Commitment is not a question then. You know when you need commitment? You need commitment when things get hard. You need commitment in misunderstandings. You need commitment in, in uh, uh, persecution. You need commitment in betrayal. Oh my God. One of you should happen to betray the other. You need commitment now. When you're uncovering each other's faults, you need commitment now. When the ill feelings rise, when the disagreements arise, when the disappointments come, now you need commitment. That mind that says, I am here for the long haul. As we told you when we were talking about uh, 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 divorce, one thing you got to do is take divorce off the table. You got to take divorce off the table. And make up your minds. I'm committed to this. Because if you're building intimacy. And if your mind is made up to be committed. To your marriage no matter what. Man there's nothing that you cannot achieve as a couple. My goodness the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. So intimacy. This knowing each other on a deeper level. Commitment. This stick-to-it mindset. Stick to it no matter what. And then you got to have trust. You have to have trust. Listen, trust is all about... Uh, how do I make this plain? Trust is all about letting your guard down. Hmm. My, 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 my. Some of us live such guarded lives because we don't trust people. But if you're married to a man or married to a woman and you cannot trust them, you do not trust them, you need to work on that. Or you thought I was going to say you need to get another spouse, huh? <laughs> Psych your mind. If you're married to a man or a woman whom you do not trust, you find it difficult to trust, you need to get you some help in a hurry. Get you some help in a hurry because trust is critical to sustaining the marriage relationship. Trust is critical to building the relationship. Trust is letting the guard down from around your heart. Oh, wow. Yeah, trust says, you know what? You're going out and you can do anything you want to. I can't watch you all the time. But I'm not going to sit here and worry. Because I love you and I believe you love me. And we trust each other. We trust each other. Again, trust is about letting the guard down around your heart. Relaxing your defenses. Because truth be told, you can't defend yourself as well as you believe you can. Hmm. 
You cannot defend yourself as well as you believe you can. Yes, we have to have in, in relationships, marriage relationships, and especially before you get married. I'm going to deal with this one day. Before you get married, you've got to lead with your head and not your heart. And after you get married, you've got to have a good balance between your head and your heart. Are you listening to me here? So what I'm saying to you, I'm giving you these three legs of your stool. It's like your marriage is resting on a stool and the stool has three legs. Those three legs are intimacy, commitment, and trust. Intimacy, commitment, and trust. You got to build on those. You got to work on those. Whatever it is you are, you, you know what? You ought to relax the word love and work on learning how to love. Ooh. Wow, I almost feel like shouting myself. You ought to relax the use of the word love and work on learning how to love. Because as I said in the divorce series, you really love each other. But you don't know how to love through some things that are tugging on you. You don't know how to love through some experiences. I love you. I love you. I love you. While you're falling out, fussing, arguing, ready to dissolve the marriage. There is some love, but you got to learn how to love. And what I'm telling you today, including these elements in your marriage, shoring up your marriage, propping up your marriage this way, you are learning how to love. You are practicing the love that you say you have. So shore up your marriage, prop up your marriage through intimacy, commitment, and trust. Again, we might add some more on to that next week, but I, I want to give you three practices that are good for your marriage. I want to move into three practices that would be really good for your marriage here. Uh, the first thing I want to give you is you, you, the two of you, husband and wife, husband and wife, you need to learn your own private language. You need to learn your own private language. You know, what, what you ought to have, you ought to have a language that exists only among the two of you that you can sit in the midst of a group full of people, a room full of people and carry on a conversation just between the two of you and nobody else has a clue what you're talking about. As far as they're concerned, you're speaking in tongues. As far as they're concerned, you're speaking Greek. Have your own private language. What I mean your own private language. I mean that the two of you, you come up with terms and cues. That I'm talking nonverbal and verbal also. Nonverbal and verbal. You know that wink she'll give you when she wants to. Oh, hallelujah. You understand where I'm going here. Develop your own language, verbal and nonverbal. Develop words, develop cues, develop terms that describe uh, the fun that you're having. Develop terms and cues for sex. Come up with your own words, your own terms for fighting. You know, sometimes you need a timeout. Sometimes you need some time to yourself. Sometimes you need some alone time. Every now and then you're going to need to get away. You know what? You need that signal to send to your spouse that says this is one of those times. You need to come up with a language of your own. 
Because one word you may think has a universal meaning, but to the two of you, that word means something totally different. You know, me and my wife would use, well, never mind. <laughs> I just keep my business to myself. Listen, you have your own private language. And I'm telling you how to prop up your marriage here. I'm telling you how to make your marriage good for you. Beginning with your own private language. And not only your own private language, but you know what? You ought to have an element of playfulness in your marriage. Have an element of playfulness in your marriage. As I, I said early in the beginning of this episode, some of us take ourselves way too serious. We take ourselves way too serious. If you're married to a man or a woman, I told you you're in trouble if you cannot trust them, you don't want to trust them. But you're also in trouble if you're married to a man and woman with whom you can have no fun. I remember in the younger days when my wife and I were married, man, we would literally wrestle. Uh, I know that sounds a little corny and what are we doing like that, but it was fun back then. We're not quite able to right now. We we kind of grew out of that. But, but you know, I, I just, I'm sitting here thinking, remembering back when, when we would actually wrestle one another. And we still push and tug now. We still do that. Love taps and, and grab one another. She'll grab me and hold me. I, I'll grab her and hold her. Man, I love it. I appreciate it. I look forward to it. Uh, but that touch, man, it's, it's just the fact that we're touching. The fact that we're touching. But you ought to have a level, a degree. You ought to have this element of playfulness in your marriage. Even if you're both in the ministry. I mean, you're not speaking. You're not under the anointing all the time when you go home with your husband or your wife. Whatever the case may be. You're not under the anointing then. You need to live by the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit is love and joy and peace. Gentleness and kindness and long-suffering. And fun. Add some playfulness to your marriage. Play tag, play games, have a laugh. You baking a cake, you know, rub her that icing on her face, whatever. Just be careful. Listen to me. Add an element of playfulness to your marriage. Have fun. Solomon said, enjoy the wife of your youth. So have your private language. Add the element of playfulness. And I say this often. I want to say this again. Make memories. Make memories. Make memories, please. When you get older, all the children are grown and gone. You got some quiet time in the house there. Maybe you can't get about like you used to. It'd be good to relay, uh, uh, go back to your memories, reminisce on your memories. Make some memories. Go places, do things, try new things, make memories, take pictures, take videos, silly pictures, fun pictures, fun videos, silly videos, whatever the case may be. Make some memories. Make some memories. All your pictures ought not be the same pose in the same place with the same clothes on. 
Even your pictures can tell a story. Make some memories. What are you going to tell your grandchildren about your, your marriage? Your grandchildren are going to ask you about marriage. Your grandchildren are going to ask you about what you know about your husband or what you know about your spouse. What are you going to tell them? I love when my grandchildren ask me about our, our marriage and we get to tell them things. We get to share our lives with them because we have made some memories. Make some memories. Go on a cruise, take a trip, take a vacation. Listen, let me tell you something. You better learn how to take care of yourself and see after yourself. You better take a vacation because if you die tonight, guess what? The people on your job, there's a slight chance that they may cry one or two crocodile tears, but I guarantee you, as soon as they found out you gone, they're gonna be in the business of hiring somebody to take your place. You'd better take care of yourself. You should not be too busy that you cannot make memories and share your life with your spouse. That's way too busy. You're taking yourself way too seriously. I don't care what the organization is. I don't care how important a role you play in the church. The church will make it without you because the church belongs to Jesus and you are not, ex my goodness, I almost got excited there. It's not that you are expendable. The role you play is just not as critical as you think it is. The church was there before you got there. So listen, I'm telling you, the three legs to your stool, intimacy, commitment, and trust. The other helps. Come up with your language. Add that element of playfulness and make memories. Hey, listen, I got to get out of here. My time is up. My time is up. I've enjoyed being with you today. If we said something important, something that touches you, would you reach out and let me know? Email me at Bishop on Facebook, Bishop C.D. Hodges. Uh, if you want to hear this or anything else, search the podcast. Search for the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You will find me there. You'll definitely find Marriage and Family Clinic. Thank you again for being with us. We're going to be coming to you again next week. We're going to continue this, this discussion. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have also. We got to get out of here, but remember, remember this. You can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.